I'm Woody Huffines, and this is the Owner's Voyage Podcast, a journey to business ownership. In this podcast, we'll talk about how to make that journey more fun, more rewarding, hopefully more profitable, as well as tips for staying away from potholes, dead ends, traps, and washed out bridges. We hope you join us. Welcome to episode number 37 of the Owner's Voyage Podcast. This is an interview with Kevin Martin, who's the Nerds to Go owner in Franklin, Massachusetts. As you listen to this podcast, one of the things that's interesting about this series of interviews is the backgrounds that people have before they end up having a Nerds to Go business specifically or a small business generically. Listen to the way Kevin has structured for success. Listen to the background that he has and has his understanding for needing to get the job done and the pressure of getting that job done. And focus on learning how he puts together his thoughts in terms of processing. All interesting things, again, Thank you so much to Kevin for taking the time, and I hope you find it as valuable as I did talking to Kevin. Enjoy the interview. Yeah, yeah, we're doing well. So, you know, with my um, customer service rep and myself, that's seven people on staff. Everybody's getting paid, including myself. So um, uh, we're getting we're getting there, um, but, you know, there's a lot of work that goes into that. So one of the things that, that has kind of, we, that we have talked about is that, that the, the more established nerds to go owners, the people who've been in business since 2017, um, that had a relatively large customer base benefited a great more, a great deal more from the COVID-19 evolution than the people who were still in customer acquisition mode. Did y'all find that your business went up substantially because there was a COVID-19 driver for a lot of business? as the pandemic got kicked off? Yep. 100%. Yes. Yeah, it really, uh, it really did. But I think, um, my, my speculation is that one of the reasons that, uh, some franchises, uh, even in my area are, are doing better than others is rightly or wrongly. I adopted Dave's approach, uh, holistically. And so, I fix everything from cell phones to servers and provide managed service cloud offerings. So there's nothing that's out of bounds for me. And, uh, I, when I started, there were a lot of teething pains with that. And, um, you know, I've, I've put a sharper point on my service offerings over time. Um, but, but basically, you know, it's like, um, if there's a service 45 minutes away and it's, you know, 20 minutes outside my territory, but there's no nerds to go there to service them, I'm rolling. And I may not make money on that trip, but it pays my guys for that, for that day. Um, and, and then we look for the next opportunity. So that, that's kind of been my approach. That's a, I used to work for, we had, we were in a nuclear services business. My, my background is the department of energy did a lot of work in the nuclear weapons environment. And one of my bosses said, look, this is a for-profit organization. If there's profit in it, I'm for it. <laughs> and he said, we would, we'll sell, we'll sell shrimp beside the road if that's the way to make money. Well, and one of the ways to make money is not lose money. So, um, so that, situation I just described to you where I'm driving 45 minutes away I did not make money necessarily on that trip but I did not I did not pay my guys to sit around waiting for the next um, 
you know, revenue generator that I knew was going to be profitable. So, so for me, if I'm not losing money, then we're okay. And that's kind of been my approach. You know, the other thing that I kind of hold on to that I've held on to since I was very young was I think I was in probably home. I was in a home economics class and my teacher said, did you know if you could set, if you could create a product today and sell it for just $5, you'd be a multimillionaire by the time you retired. If it's a product that everybody wants. So I kind of hold on to that. And I, I'm like, well, you know, if I can make $5, then I'm probably going to be okay. And, um, you know, in some days I, I make more than $5 on the transaction and on other days I, I, I've actually, you know, I lost, I lose from time to time, but I win more than I lose. And, um, you know, so I hold on to that mantra. If I can make $5, I'm going to be okay. Did now you, your background was in technical uh, and software support roles. What, what kind of work were you doing before you started doing nerds to go? Well, I mean, I don't know if you looked at my whole bio, but I was, I was an electronic advanced electronics technician in, uh, nuclear submarines. Um, and I was, a I worked on weapons control systems. So I was a technician, um, out of high school. And then, you know, you want to talk about trial by fire. You've only got three guys on your team and, you know, you only have to save the planet with your nuclear weapon capability. So, um, when the systems are not down, you have to fix them. And, a lot of times that meant, uh, you know, not only is the crew depending upon you, but you get this heavier weight that you that I felt anyway, that we had to get it fixed. You know, we have to protect the U S that was, that was my job. Um, so I did that for 10 years and then, um, actually I got out at nine years. I had just made chief petty officer E seven and then, I met my wife while I was doing an evaluation of another fire control weapons system in uh, Rhode Island. I was from, I'm from New England, from Vermont. Um, But then I ended up meeting my wife and I had to make a decision. Do I, do I pin on E7 and stay in for 20 years or do I get out and start a family? So I decided to get out and start a family. Um, And then I, and maybe that's then why I we became a technical. Maybe that's why we communicate so well. <clears throat> in the uh, in the DOE complex, you can't swing a dead cat and not hit somebody that's been through Charleston. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was West Coast sailor, but um, you know we all went through submarine school in Connecticut, and um, you know I was a submarine instructor, submarine school instructor, advanced electronics. I did um, data systems and uh, weapon systems. So that, that was what I taught. And then I became an applications engineer for semiconductor manufacturing. Um, and I was in ion implantation, which is one of the steps in the creation of transistors. So computers have been part of my uh, early development. Then we got into uh, software development, uh, project management, uh, that's what I, that's what I did after my kind of my early technical foundation that allowed me to work with those teams. And then, um, and then I started 
managing co-location facilities for software deployment. And I had technicians that worked under me. And that role was very similar to this role that I'm doing now at nerds to go So that's kind of the, the whole progression. So if you looking back in, in starting your business, what do you, what do you, what do you know now that you wish you had known when you started? I still feel like I'm learning so much every single day, but the things I'm focused on now are more about uh, optimizing errors within my business or within my process. That's what I'm doing now. And an example might be inventory. Um, and, you know, I make a lot of errors with my inventory processing. The guys are out there, but I don't let it, I don't let it hold me back. I don't let it hold them back. It's, um, you know, I give them something, a workaround, if you will, to get through the transaction of the moment, put that money in the bank. And then my intention is to go back and clean up those workarounds. The reality is I don't have a lot of extra time. So that's an area where, you know, if I had been more confident or comfortable with all of the systems that I needed to integrate with as an early owner, um, I would have become better more quickly. Kind of so reduce, the learning curve re- was reducing the friction, re- reducing the process friction to accomplish. Yeah, what you, you know, accomplish. we might refer to that as churn. So there's a couple different things that I tend to churn on. Uh, inventory or process management is one of them. Um, nerds is another, you know, uh, hiring and trying to retain those, those folks is, um, a, you know, very valuable asset. You want to make sure that you get it right, that they represent your methodology, your, your thought process that they represent me when they're out there. So, um, you know, they may dress like nerds to go, but they're acting on my behalf when they fumble, you know, I have to pick up that ball. So I want, I want to be able to connect with those guys. Um, and if they don't fumble, then we're moving together in the way that I want them to move together with me, uh, you know? And so it's, um, it's good, but then if, uh, we lose one of them, it becomes a disruptive. You start over again. It can, there's a huge, uh, financial impact when you lose one of these guys. And so they're, uh, on the one hand, you know, you want a good value. You want a, a technician that you can afford. And the question is, what can you afford? So I, I'm still trying to answer that question, but I think that to your question is what I wish I knew more about. Um, how to manage those resources, provide them the incentives that they need to stay engaged. And the reason I say it that way is because I think human nature is you want more money and more time off. Well, that's counterintuitive for what I'm trying to get done here. I need them to work more, um, get paid less. So, um, recognizing that that is not the way work gets done. I'm actively, continuously trying to find the right incentive program to keep them on board and keep them happy 
so that, you know, if you have the happy employees, you're going to have a successful business. That's that. And I think that's, that's been one of the most interesting things is, is finding those resources and getting those resources and, and getting alignment with what you're trying to accomplish so that what you're trying to accomplish, they're help. They're trying to help you accomplish, and and you've got a, a shared vision and a shared process that you're trying to trying to implement. What's been the biggest surprise for you as a business owner? How much work goes into it? <laughs> that's what a friend, I took. That's what a friend of mine said not long ago. I asked him how things were going. He said, "Great," until I figured out that I spent one hundred forty five thousand dollars to buy an eighty hour a week job that doesn't pay nothing. That's that's a true statement. Um, I I came from the corporate world, as you mentioned, in, in that software development project management um, director of sales solutions. So you know, I would I would get in my car, back out of my garage. Uh, here in New England, our weather can be pretty disgusting at times. So I would drive into Boston and park in my private parking place in a covered garage and walk into the elevator and go up to my office. I never even had to go outside. I just drove in the, in the slop and, you know, our commuter commuter system here, uh, planes, trains, and automobiles, it's, it's hard to navigate. The commuting was always long. And I had, a, you know, I consistently worked, you know, between 50 and 60 hours a week. Um, and I thought it was pretty hard. Then I started this, um, (laughs) (laughs) and, uh, and I was making good money at that time. Well enough that I, you know, had a good retirement, a reasonable retirement. It wasn't, wasn't perfect. Um, build up and my portfolio was, was growing. And, um, and at some point in time you get to that, point in your career where um it's not age discrimination it's salary discrimination and and you're kind of out looking for the next opportunity which is where i got to i selected nerds to go because it was in line with a lot of the experience i had and then um and then i went to work Uh, yeah so so is there anything that go ahead no, I think your friend uh, or the person you were talking to hit the nail on the head. You know, you give up a, a really good job um, to work for for free, and an, with an expectation that you're gonna you're gonna gain that back. Um, and I and I I'm very optimistic. So, what is there anything that turned out to be really difficult that going in you thought was going to be pretty easy? It's probably the retention of the the employees. And on the converse, you is, know, there anything, I, is there anything that turned out to be really easy that you thought was going to be difficult? I'm better at sales than I thought I would be. Um, I, don't, I don't want to say that's easy, but I'm more driven towards sales now because I understand the value of it. Uh, whereas before, I always thought that um, that they were more of a cost center than a profit center. And, um, so now I appreciate the role of a, of a good sales team or a salesperson. Um, and I've actually leveraged that when I talked about the incentive to my, to my nerds. Um, you know, I, I recognize them immediately when they, when they do a good job on sales and I have my incentives, uh, 
around them benefiting every for every sale that they're making. So, you know, have to do it within reason. And you, but uh, yeah, sales. I would say I did better than I expected. What's your What's the favorite part of what you do? I think there's satisfaction in building something and making it, making it work. Um, you know, I've, I've always taken ownership for my actions. Um, for me, I, I got married and I was satisfied when I, when we bought our first house. So, uh, we had our children and I was satisfied, you know, when we, when we got them to into high school, you know, and when they made different teams or they made, made it into different clubs, I felt like that was a, you know, I was succeeding through their accomplishments. And I think I get some of that satisfaction in nerds to go because I feel like it's something that I built out of nothing and that seeing different layers of success. Um, it's not my success. I, I don't, I don't succeed unless they succeed. So, uh, I think, you know, I derive satisfaction out of, what I feel like is building something, uh, something out of nothing. I don't want to take anything away from Dave Coella. I mean, he built the foundation and I, I just use it, but that foundation wasn't in this location when I got here. So I think I take a lot of satisfaction. From that. If, if you had it, if you had to tell somebody now that you've that, now that you've done small business ownership now for three years, three and a half years, what are the one, two, or three things that you would tell somebody that was about to start on small business ownership? What What would be the three, one, two, or three things that you would tell somebody before they jumped in? Uh, make sure you have a, a well-thought-out plan and be prepared to use your contingencies. Um, be prepared to roll up your sleeves and do things that you've never done before. Um, stay driven. And, and that ability to stay driven, one of the things that we've talked about in the podcast and I talked to other business owners about, and it's what I'll, it's what I'd close with because you're, you've, you've kind of given us an idea about the things that you take pleasure in and the things that are hard and the things that you're working on, the things that you've learned. What's the why? What's the big driver that keeps you moving on that when it's a tough day or when the weather's bad or when you've got a nerd that you're trying, that you just want to reach out and strangle What's, what's the why that you have that under, that, that's the underlying foundation for why you continue to be successful and to drive, to drive your business forward? Well, I think I'm investing in something of value that I will get a return on my investment on. And I don't know exactly what that return is going to be, um, but I continue to reshape that plan. Uh, part of, part of that is, uh, I don't always want to work, uh, 80 hours a week for no income. Um, so I'd like to see that as a milestone that changes and it has, by the way. Um, so I'm starting to feel like we're coming out of that and moving into, you know, the, you go through the different phases and it's, um, first you want to talk about viability in a business and then you want to talk about sustainability in a business and then you move into profitability in that business and then you move into what's next. And I think that's part of your question. So, um, I'm starting to move into profitability 
maybe uh, as a result of COVID-19, um, making us one of those critical services that people depend on and we're benefiting from that. But I want to continue to grow and, and make that work so that I can take that profitability and figure out what the next thing is. Um, and, you know, ultimately I'm going to look towards some sort of um, secession plan that allow that provides me something as a return on my investment. It could be a recurring revenue stream. Um, it could be uh, that it's a lump sum um, benefit. And I haven't figured that part out exactly, although I do think about um, that part of the plan. So I think that's what's driving me is to figure out that part of the plan. Awesome. Well, I, I appreciate your time. Uh, we'll, um, you've given, you've given the people who are thinking about doing this or thinking about jumping in the owner's voyage, a a really good basis for thinking about how to move forward. Really appreciate your time. And, and I can't tell you how much I, I, I appreciate your insights. Woody, I, I think you were made to do this. You do such a great job. Thank you for your time. I wish you well on nerds to go as well. Well, there you go. It's a different perspective. And certainly an enjoyable perspective, and hopefully you had a chance to learn some things, not only about Kevin, but how Kevin has been successful in his business. A couple of key points that Kevin made that I, that I really liked, uh, the, the biggest one for me was the best one of the ways to make money is to not lose money and do the things that you need to do to make sure that you're not losing money. Appreciate Kevin's time, found it enjoyable and instructive. I hope you enjoyed the podcast. This has been episode number 37, interview with Kevin Martin, Nerds to go, Franklin, Massachusetts.